Yo, this is Chaos with the Blacklisted Podcast. And if you like, you can follow us on Facebook at Blacklisted Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Blacklisted Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Blacklisted Pod. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send an email to blacklistedpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would be so kind to rate and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you steal your free podcast. Fade to Black. What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, the host of the Random Rams with Rob podcast, and you're now listening to the Blacklisted Podcast. Greetings, true believers. Greetings, Stan true believers. Lee here, welcoming Stanley you here. to the latest welcoming harrowing adventure. Ten, eight, Leading the fight, one man fate has made indestructible. His name Dubious. Black. Listed. This is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the annual Fade the Black, sanctioned by Blacklisted Podcast. Commencing at the siren, there will be no holds barred. Anything and everything will go down. And now, here is your blacklisted true list. Check it out for those that know me. Welcome to welcome back. Real slick beside the others. Straight up and down. Yeah, you know what I'm about. Fade the black. You know, that disease that a lot of people think that shit ain't fucking out there being real, but it took Sonny Chiba as well as a couple thousand other people out there that we might know Do you? I say, I'm still masking up. What about you, Cass? Oh, man. I still got my masks. But, uh, yeah, as far as for us, we know him from a lot of things, like you said, Street Fighter. I guess the most mainstream people would probably know him from Kill Bill. Bill. Yes. But, um, yeah, it was funny because he, his popularity came during the Chinese uh, martial arts movies boom of the 70s, but he was not Chinese. He was Japanese. Yeah, he was Japanese. And uh, you could tell by the, the fighting styles that, you know, his was more literally street fighting with karate. A lot of karate-based stuff. A lot more realistic portrayals of fighting. His was down grimy and dirty where, you know, a lot less fantasy elements were involved in it. But, yeah, Sonny Chief, when he came out, everybody wanted to see him. He was the shit, you know. Always dug, dug him, you know. I wish he had done more in the... Uh, Mainstream in America and stuff, but he, you know, he did uh, Samurai, Shogun Samurai, Street Fighter, Kill Bill, Storm Riders. I forgot about that one. That's a fantasy one, Storm Riders. Sister Street Fighter. He had a cameo in Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up as far as for like American things. Like I said, primarily, say like Kill Bill and a cameo in the Fast and Furious that you just mentioned. But yeah, he was he was a uh, good representative of, of the stuff we done growing up. So 
rest in peace to the street fighter. On a more upbeat note, uh, the whole expression of wrestling of never say never, Friday fucking was incredible. And if you're a wrestling fan and you didn't think that you gave a shit about CM Punk coming back after seven years, you're bullshit. I'm not buying into that at all. That was one of the uh, worst kept secrets in wrestling. I think uh, Tony Khan and CM Punk were working on this for about a year. But then again, the, uh, the outbreak came. You're going to hear a lot about the outbreak in some of these stories. Pro and con. So the outbreak came and it didn't make sense to have CM Punk debut without a crowd. No fans. August 20, 2021, as far as the wrestling is concerned, professional wrestling, and the payment is concerned, even though they're one of the same to That will be a. So, if you want to call it, not for bad reasons, but will be a day in infamy that people will remember that uh, technically the day that's in front of internal wrestling. And again, Seven years, that's like dog years, that's like 14 years, but the thing is, and I spoke to you before we went on the air, you know, I had I had agreements with Cat, you know, on Facebook where he was like, CM Punk, you know, the crybaby of wrestling finally comes back, and I'm like, you cannot, you can write the story to fit your narrative. Anybody can, but facts are facts. Mass is mass. He did not quit the WWE. He was fired on the day of his wedding. It is common knowledge. Everybody knows it. Triple H called him up at the behest of Vince McMahon, fired him on his wedding day. So I don't see where anybody's quitting right there. Anything AJ Lee quit. Afterwards, you know, she was still contracted to WWE and won. So he worked all those years for WWE from the ground up. And I know what you're saying. Shouldn't everybody work from the ground up? Yes, but not everybody works from the ground up. Let's face it. You know, some people, if you have the right name, the right look, the right build, you don't even have to have any skill, for God's sake. If you have any of that, you can be boosted straight to the top. They already have way in the penthouse. Just exactly. Before they even, uh, before they step in and get in there for a couple of months or the next thing you know, they're out of favor. They're, they're out of favor already. When CM Punk came in, they signed him. And, uh, it was like they were into their whole indie signing thing at that time. And they signed him begrudgingly because he was everything they didn't like. He was always getting rat on. I've never heard of anybody. It, this is how childish pro wrestling can be. We know this. I'm a rat on you while I'm getting high and drunk because you're not getting high and drunk. So that means something's wrong with you, not me. Something's wrong with you. This man was getting rat on by other wrestlers because he refuses to drink and do drugs. And, and that's a bad thing. Wait, 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 wait. You're not getting you're, you're not getting high or getting drunk. You must be narking on us. What's, what's wrong with you? Yeah, are you narking on us? And, and then this is the same guy who fought from the bottom. They wanted him to gain size. He put on size, then they said he was too big. And then and you know, that shit's not healthy. I don't care what anybody says. That shit's not healthy. And then you gotta travel and then you gotta work in a fucking very hostile environment, you know, if you ain't working with people, you're supposed to put your trust in this, of your body in the hands of these guys that's supposed to trust you, and, he, and you're coming home hurt, not just hurt, you're getting staph infections and shit, and they want you to come out and still work, that's just not, regardless, this dude went, literally, he went through hell and back with WWE, he tried to make it work, he brought in his friends, just friends that the friends that he brought in stabbed him in the back. You know, you wanna know the story, look it up. It ain't hard to find. The guy went through shit. Then after he left his, uh, WWE, he decided, you know what? I had a dream of being a fighter, a real fighter. Let me give it a shot. He gave it a shot. His body took that ass kicking. Not yours, not mine. Nobody else has got that ass kicking but him. And people are bashing this guy because, yo, you got your ass handed Guess what? He's not Brock Lesnar. Not many people are Brock Lesnar. That dude's a fucking once in a, in a lifetime talent. So, 
if you were just assuming the rock can do it, you know, CM Punk can walk through a normal sized door. Rock can't do that. You know, that makes Rock fucking an ass for not being able to do that. No. It just amazes me how people can take the narrative and scope it. So this guy on Facebook was calling him a crybaby that he quit and that his movies weren't no good and he couldn't fight for real and now he came back crawling to wrestling. Hey, his movies were great. Were they mainstream movies? No, because guess what? He's not The Rock. Alright? What? Should he have been in the Marine 12? Would that make you feel any better? So in your logic, this guy's logic, I'm saying, is is the Miz a great actor because he was on these Marine films that were produced by his boss? Come on now. The dude's an artist like anybody. He does what he can, what everybody on this world is supposed to be able to do. Do what they want to do. He ain't hurt nobody. When he was getting his ass kicked, that was his ass being kicked. But if he wasn't making great box office, that's his waste of time. Why are, I mean, I, I can't, but, but then you're the same one that says, oh, CM Punk coming back part-time. Wrong. He's coming back full-time. He even laid it out on his fucking phone. But you're okay with Brock Lesnar showing up last night at the end of a fucking paper. After this is the same company who let go over 50 working talents in the ring. Not counting talents behind the stage. Because they needed to save money. Yeah. And, but then you bring in Brock, and Brock is smart. He kept his mouth shut during this whole CM Punk fucking debacle. Because he knew his price range is going up. Because he can answer the move. And Vince is going to have to fucking counter-program with Tony Khan and AEW. You know, to show that there's not a competition. To show that there's not a competition. Yeah. Makes no sense to me because you you're short-sighted if you feel that way. Even if you don't like CM Punk, you gotta respect that this guy did what he wanted to do. He went out his way and he came back his way. And then what? Would you sort of like Brock Lesnar did when all he went out time. his way when he wanted to go play football and then he did work for me. He went to UFC. He left his way. He came back his way. And the funny part that makes me laugh, like just like this young man, I told him, I said, "You work in the meat counter." If somebody came up, you were better off not to work in the meat counter. You gonna say, "Fuck that! I'm staying at the meat counter." No. You're going to want to try it, especially if it's something that your heart was set on that you never get enough chance to do. So stop being an ass, and if you're going to be a troll, say you're trolling. Just say because you're making yourself look like an idiot. And for all those millions of people who dug him, you are in the minority if you didn't. And that's fine. You have the right not to like anything. Again, I thought it was a great television show. It was a one-hour show. They gave CM Punk 20 minutes. He spoke for maybe nine of those minutes, and he allowed his fans to bask, to praise, to, to celebrate his return. And I thought that was well done. It was not... Watch any WWE show with a return and compare it to this one. Just go back, and if you have the network, and just go back and check it out. The, the commentators will talk over the fucking return. They will babble nonstop. Then what will happen is when it's all said and done, a match is going to happen in the next segment. And what are the commentators going to talk about in WWE? The fucking last thing you just seen. Like, you're retarded. And you don't remember that you just seen that person make a triumph of return. So they talk over the here and now over what happened ten minutes ago. In case you didn't pay attention, such and such just came back. And we're gonna talk over this match that's supposed to be important. AEW had a tag match after that. They did not mention CM Punk's return until after the next break. And even that, that was very quick and, and, and to the point. But we're going right back to this and we got another match to do. Yeah, it, was almost, it was almost 45 minutes later of an hour show that they mentioned. That they mentioned CM Punk was here, in case you missed it. WWE would have rammed it down your throat. Every, episode, every spot, every segment of that show would have been about the return of somebody. 
which diminishes the rest of the show, and it also kills the fucking momentum. That famous wrestling word, WWE. It kills the momentum of the town because you're already tired of that person already because they keep talking about it. So, good. I hope good things are going to be. Again, AEW's been taking a nice, slow. They're not running a race. They're not running a fucking sprinting. They're taking a nice, leisurely, marathonic run. And everything they do, they hit all their marks. But do they hit them perfectly? No, because they're only human beings. They don't take any steps backwards. Where they always see them have a holding pattern, or they move to the next level. But also at the same time, um, with him, he's not just coming back just for painting and anything else. I mean, yeah, he's getting money. Fine, right. he should be. But one thing he stated is he said for seven, he said for the full time he was gone, he said he was watching, he was looking, and he, he said now the whole time I was gone, it's a whole new crop of young talent back there that he would like to, that he would like to wrestle, that he would like to work with, that he would like to put over, and he even mentioned one of the up and coming rising stars who's. And, and I would like to just give a contrast of the way AEW is saying things and the way WWE is. He, he mentioned Darby Allen, who's been partnered with Sting. Sting's grandson. <laughs> but when Sting uh, actually did his first in-ring on television or something like right. that, he was cheered and revered and all that other stuff. Somebody who's basically his peer, because he's wrestled them 20-something years ago, or at least a team with him, Goldberg showed up on WWE, and he got booed once they thought he was going to win. It's basically the matter of how you handle and how you book it. And how you book it. They, they made Goldberg, again, Goldberg was a WCW creation. One of the few that Vince actually kept. Think about that. Mm-hmm. And his character was... And he, he, he couldn't take away a name from there because he was just one name. Right, right. He could been Berg. No, uh, <laughs> no, Vince, he would have gave him his first name. Right. Bill. Gave him Bill. <laughs> it's Bill. So it's just, to me... But... When 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 Goldberg, and the reason he also he didn't get over because he never was over in WWE because he was booked as a killer, and once WCW killed it, you can't come back from that. Yeah. And okay, I have no I have no problem with Bill Goldberg personally or anything else. Hey, just just I say, but unlike CM Punk, it seemed like. It's just my perception. His return to WWE and SummerSlam was a payday. Oh, for Goldberg? Yes. It is a payday. It ain't even hit. And probably nothing else. I was like, so it's more or less a, uh, yeah, sure, I'll do it for money. And then something done. And there is both part people who are professional wrestlers. You can see one who has the love for it. I'm not saying Bill doesn't, but when's the last time? I, I can't remember when the last time. It might have been WWE, but his pop-ups more or less just money. His, his pop-ups yeah. coincide to a major paper. Yeah, he never comes to the ring for a fucking just to show up on Monday Night Raw or whatever. So, and I get it. It's a job. It's a business. I get it. Yeah. But you can't compare his passion to wrestling to Sting's. Where Sting says, like, look, I don't even want to wrestle. But if I do, it's got to be important. Yeah. But if I don't, I want to be behind the scenes to teach the next crop. I don't see Bill Goldberg in the back of the locker room teaching anybody anything because he does not know anything to teach. What, so you gonna teach you how to bang your head, do a lot, and get a concussion, come to the ring and damn near kill Undertaker? So, uh, 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 teach your spirit? Well, you've got about you got 18 people, people doing that. about four or five people currently on the roster, just in WWE right now, who does the spirit. Yeah, so it's to- totally different. And, and Goldberg's version, and, 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 and you gotta blame this on, and I don't 
blaming. I, I can't. I gotta take that back. I'm not blaming Brock, but Brock took advantage of Vince McMahon's naivete. Oh yeah. And then Goldberg took advantage of. I'm just as good as him. These are the same two motherfuckers who was at WrestleMania that fucking stiffed you up and yeah. people booed him out of the building. Yeah. Think yeah, about which they were both leaving. To, to do something else. Do something else. And you're like, well, he pretty much just had the stars in your eyes and nothing else. And they had the dollar sign. Right now, you're not telling me. And we have no inside information. But I can guarantee you Vince was on the phone with Stone Cold Steve Austin for about two weeks. Begging him to come back to wrestle. He had to. And Vince was like, and Austin's like, I will die if I go out there and take another bad body. Because... For someone who doesn't consider AEW a threat, they threw a lot of money up. Brock Lesnar ain't come back free. And then when he shows up, his 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 in his contract is you gotta fly him there and you gotta fly his ass back home. He doesn't hang around. No. And I don't hate him for it. I think he's smart. I think, but also, but also at the same time, it's still. One person, ultimately, that you got to please in WWE. And that's Vince. And that's Vince. And it's, it's, uh, I'll get my thought back in a second. But, um, but it, it's just like, because, like, what, as far as, oh, I don't want to say committee, but there's at least, because we know working by committee is, you know, right. Is always sucky. Yeah, because you don't got that one man's booking by committee. The DC expanded you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I'm um, like, at least in AEW, you have input from, if not the the all the wrestlers themselves, the people who both, both started it, who are experienced in the intensity stuff of the the Bugs, Omega, Cody, so on and so forth. And more or less, it's just. And then, of course, you got the financial backing of the See, I don't like that sentence. I really don't. Because you did not say, you got the financial backing of Vince McMahon. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I mean, I'm just saying that is just, it just leaves a nasty taste in my mouth. No, no, no. Because it's I'm like okay. AEW has a billionaire and they have Vince McMahon. I'm not. Oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting on Vince. But I'm just saying, I'm not. I'm not saying that Tony Khan doesn't have a love for it because, for what it seems, he, he does, or at least he has some interest in it. Dude, he's been watching wrestling. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. But whereas, um, now you, you go to the other side and it's Vince, it's just his ego and nothing else. If it doesn't please him, he doesn't want it on his show. Any point? And that's what I'm trying to get back to when I had lost the other But um, it's more or less just you, you see the you see the stark contrast, the stark difference between the two. Just to, just in the team. Bottom line, this: this man is surrounded by a bunch of yes men that are gonna agree with everything he says. Where Tony Khan is surrounded by a bunch of younger wrestlers that are his EVPs that are in the ring that know what it takes to fucking put on a match, to know how to take to get emotion from a crowd. He is going to elicit their fucking help where Vince is just waiting and he's gonna say no. And also with the whole Vince scene started in his eyes and so on and so forth. To counter program to some of the stuff, he put on a Legends Night, which bring back old people. Which yeah, there were names. I think, but they're not doing anything currently right. to for their program today, except for where those money can you come show up and that's it. And nostalgia pop. Yeah, the nostalgia pop. Where you got these the young kids and they some of them worked for years. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the overnight sensation is that been working for 15 years in AEW. Who wants that? And, and again, if Sting, if AEW was booked by Vince McMahon and Sting came out, Sting would be on fucking TV wrestling every goddamn week. Cutting, I mean, this, at least they have them fucking just, they realize. Amazingly enough, Sting is only good for, he's a great visual. Yeah. And then he proved that he can still work in the ring. That fucking table spot was fucking incredible. And my wife says, why are you jumping up and down? 
went to a table. She says, well, don't they all go through table? I'm like, yeah, but this all was 63 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you won't allow me to do it, and I'm 56 years old. Think about that. She's like, all right, then. Makes lots of sense. But, again, you, you miss the more you change, or you don't change, the more you stay the same. The WWE's one. Yeah. So, you bring Goldberg in. Goldberg... Instead of losing Queen, apparently they had to have Bobby Lashley go so over the top as a heel where he needed interference with MVP. He beat up Brock uh, uh, Goldberg from behind the rest back. He needed to beat up Goldberg's son. He needed all these things is the only way you could beat Bill Goldberg. And it's like, that's not really building Bobby Lashley it's not up. It's Bobby that's making It's Goldberg. making excuses for Bill Goldberg losing. Yeah. And... Now here's, here's the thing though, because also at the same time, uh, to bring up a point that you were on social media, if the response to SummerSlam isn't what Vince wanted, he's going to blame the talent. Oh, it's, it's definitely going to be talent's fault. It's not. Whereas the, the talent to, to the small extent just following his marching Right. Did not, yeah, he's writing the scripts to this shit, and he's doing what they told him to do. But then when fans don't like it, or it ain't getting the ratings or the pop that he wants, it's all their fault. I see that, again, haven't seen the show, seen just highlights of the show. They said Edge and Seth Rollins tore the house down. It was a really good match, it was a really good story, even though Edge was part of the brood again. I mean, that was the best time. He had, Edge always had good entrances, so yeah. now he's taking the route. I, I, the only thing I can partially understand why that was is because uh, I've seen recaps from the previous whatever show they're on. Seth Rollins was in a white suit, and then he got a bloodbath. So he got a bloodbath after the same fucking company who did this bloodbath got mad at AEW for having blood in their matches. Oh, but it's different, ladies and gentlemen. We painted the blood black. Then it ain't fucking blood, all right? Don't call it that. Call it a black biscuit fluid like black they were calling it back in the day. And it's got the red rats. biscuit fluid. I say, but besides that... Relying on the passion. Yep. We had a three-way with uh, Nikki, who is now fucking back in the garbage can dump again. That character's dead. Uh, uh, Rita Ripley, whose character was never fucking even explained to us as fans, even though I don't watch this shit. They have never explained what Rita Ripley's character is about. So she loses the title. What? What a shock. They gave it back to Charlotte. I'm pretty sure Charlotte doesn't even want this title. They just keep giving it to her because they think she's the one that's going to bring this fucking late women's division back to the fucking prominence. Whereas the... If we're getting into it, the women's division was being brought into prominence until by Bianca Belair. Until you copied this woman. <laughs> Pretty much where you brought back Becky Lynch. And like you said, copied her. In 20 seconds, Becky Lynch is now. Okay. So, so this is. Who is this helping? But, but, but also at the same time, this is going back to what? Two years ago? Wasn't it Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, the women's yeah. champions of each division? Now we're back. We reset everything. So you're going back to pre-COVID? Yeah, we reset. 2000. Everything during the COVID era never happened. It was a bad fucking dream. It, it was a fever dream. So, so here's, my, here's my thing with this, though. I almost, it just hit me. So, Kofi, after all the hard work and natural build-up, yeah. where they were like, because that was Mustafa Ali's spot. A lot of people don't remember that. Mustafa Ali got hurt. Kofi stepped in, and fans took to him, so they had no choice yeah. but to push him. Even then, Vince was putting shit in front of him to make sure it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. So, when the Kofi Mania thing happened, Kofi won the title. People loved it. Everybody loved it. Not just black people. Everybody loved it. And then you put him in the ring.
Yeah, but that happened in, in, in yeah, overseas. So, so but then I thought, where did I see this angle before, before that? Oh, yeah. Isn't that when fucking Bret Hart lost the title to, to Yokozuna just so Hulk Hogan could come in and win the title? It's the same thing. Hulk Hogan came in, kicked fucking Yokozuna, dropped the leg on him, and took the belt after Bret wrestled him for 10 minutes. It's the same fucking thing. So, you know what? Oh, wait, but also at the same time, that also somewhat happened again. Where AJ Lee was the women's champion and a debuting page walks in, challenges her. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. This is literally the, the surprise roll up of fucking finishes. So, yeah. This year, Bianca Belair, who everybody wanted to see go against Sasha Banks, to this day, they're not telling you why Sasha didn't show up. Yet, you hyped the fucking match for fucking weeks. It, it, it even showed the promo video up on that day of the show. And then we go to find out they knew Sasha Banks wasn't coming. Yeah, I think I think I believe it was uh, eight, eight days prior. They knew that Sasha couldn't show up. Eight days prior, they were putting uh, Becky Lynch to show up at SummerSlam. So they could have came up with something, something else. So now basically the whole I'm in the bush put it by computer. Now where where do you go where, yeah, where 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 do they go from there? What she Bianca's gonna be mad at Becky and feud with her? Uh, no, or Bianca and, uh, and Bianca if, if this was real life would would should jump out of a window for making such a stupid I went, I thought they had fucking figureheads that book matches. Only when they need a figurehead for something. She booked her own fucking championship match at a fucking major pay per view. It's a selective figurehead. Where's Jack Tunney? Yeah, where's Jack? Dig his ass up, put him out there on a stick. And then you had John Cena, who ironically we made fun of him because everything he said, he made fun of The Rock doing that he's now doing. I will never leave. I will be here forever. Rock, I'll turn this back on you. Blah, blah, blah. You went to Hollywood. Blah, blah, blah. Holy shit. You mean I can take bumps and not get hurt and get paid more? Fuck yeah, I'm down. All of a sudden. Then he makes fun of it on his own promos against Roman Reigns and throws a kiss goodbye to him like CM Punk did to him years ago. Yeah. And then fucking Roman Reigns gets on a fucking uh, a podcast somewhere and says the following. I, 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 I don't know why anybody's so excited over what happened on Friday. It's coming Friday. When you know this guy is only coming in for part as a part-timer, and, and how is he going to help that company? And I'm thinking, uh, is he talking about Brock, or is he talking about fucking Sam Punk? Uh, or is he talking about Cena? Or Cena? Or Brock? Or, so it just, it made him look so fucking stupid. Considering he was the hottest thing during the COVID era of SmackDown. From what I've seen, because I've watched a lot of it, Roma Reigns and the head of the table with the Usos and all that shit was the hottest thing going. Yeah, I've got stupid Mysterio love triangle where you know the son's going to turn on the dad eventually. I mean, dude, he's twice the size and three times younger than him. I see it. It happens. We, is it important? I don't know. I got a question for you since we both don't watch this show. And I'm, I'm deadly serious. Is, uh, is Ray Mysterio still blind in one eye? Did he still have his eye poked out? Or is it, or are they just... Uh, I, I, I think they completely forgot about it once. <laughs> who, was it, who was it that did it? Was it... Funny Mark? No, it was fucking Seth Rollins. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, wasn't it Alistair Black? But no, uh... No, it was definitely, yeah, so they completely dropped that once, once they thought but, but one of his eyes is covered up on his mask. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, they, they, they put like a mesh on it. No, I was going to say, maybe they went to, maybe he went to the same line doctor. Right if I went to, maybe. And they got his stuff fixed. All I know is, uh, again, I'm more interested in a... They, they made it and switched the shitload of people who went to this fucking show and wait to see Bianca Blair and, and start and knowing it was gonna happen. So there you go. And then the first thing is that, oh, Carson. 
then why are you promoting it during the show? Did you? And then we know you didn't fuck you and come in eight days ago. So bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. Bad enough they said the building, the uh, Wi-Fi went bad, and, and food you couldn't buy food or drink there. The toilets were overflowing. Oh, other than that, it was a great day. It was the party of the summer. That's uh, a shitty party. Then. Shitty party. You got that right. So switching off wrestling. Uh, what did you think of the first two episodes of One Hit? I like them. I mean, it's basically this show can literally do anything. Because now we got the multiverse. And that was somewhat smart. And if, if, if you're actually watching the Disney shows and all that other stuff, it was smart for Loki to be put before this. Yes, it would have never made sense. Because now you're seeing it's branching off, and they say you're just multiverse and so on and so forth. So, any, I mean, like I said, you literally can do anything, and so, which is exciting because now it will be about the storytelling right. than anything else because you're getting something that you haven't seen before. So, yeah, um,. As far as for the first two episodes, the first one, um, yeah, that was when uh, it was Captain Carter. Captain Carter. When Peggy, Peggy, uh, Peggy Carter became the super soldier instead of Steve. Ad hoc Captain Britain. Yeah. Which Captain Britain was somebody else. But, um, but yeah. But also at the same time, being that it's a what if, maybe they are can sort of lean off to it this way and be it is animated. But she looked a lot more brutal. Oh, she was kicking big asses in that car. Then anything Captain America would be was doing uh where you've seen her like flying through stuff. Diving through airplanes, diving through everything and, and throwing people out the planes and nothing not, and I ain't seen no shoots popping <laughs> when they got thrown out. So but um yeah but she in the beginning she uh it was the same I going to put it that way same sexism that she uh if you wanna go back to another one her her Angel Carter same thing she was yeah, uh, the it was the sexism of yeah well yeah we waste the whole fucking soldier on a day blah blah yeah, and at the time, uh, if I remember correctly, she was an agent, and she had some tra- some proper training before all of this happened. Whereas Steve was Steve a, had to learn all that. Steve was a skinny kid from Brooklyn who got beat up, got beat up, <laughs> and at least not for how many years. It's only was been out for weeks. So when he wound up getting injured, and they either had to. Something that had to be done, or that whole, or waste the whole program for nothing. So they made decisions. She jumped in. She became it. But then also at the same time, Steve somewhat became an ad hoc Iron Man. Right, right, right. Because Howard created what almost looked like the Mach Mach One. So. That but you know what else? I, besides the obvious stuff like that, I like the fact that if you pay attention, you see where Howard Stark is working with the Tesseract, and he came up with the formula to create that same formula that Tony would have to make in Iron Man 2 to help the arc reactor work without the plate. Yeah. So all this time, he's being charged by an arc reactor. The arc reactor is being charged literally by Tesseract. Yeah. So I like that. Because it's blue and it, you know, they're good with your color. So what you thought about the Panther one? And then the, yeah, and then the second episode was, uh, what if the child became Star Lord, which I guess now is more of a title. But, um, but yeah, that was interesting where he had, he was basically like his, like his parents never, like his, he never, his, his dad, Tachaka, was never, never died. So then he was still just a kid. He, uh, got, uh, he got abducted, so to speak. 
is if he is an employee of Marvel Studios Disney, they had to, some of the higher ups, Kevin Pye, had to know he was ill. Because he, it wasn't like he was not running around with his nurses and his physical therapists. Because he, he dragged all them when he did the Five Bloods. He had a whole crew of people with him where a lot of the actors thought Chadwick was being aloof and they thought he was having like a posse and that he was bigger than everybody else because he kept walking off. They did not know he had his doctors with him, his endocrinologist, his goddamn reflexologist, and everything else just to keep him fucking going for the show. And once he died, those actors, Delroy Lindo and the others, they mourned him even harder because they felt bad because they thought he was being shitty to them. That they thought he was better than them. So, HIPAA laws saying that the fucking, your employer can't go around telling anybody, but I'm pretty sure they would need to know if you were sick and you were out there and what if you died on the set? Insurance. Exactly. So that being said, you hear from Black Mr. Podcast, my mouth, guys' ears. If you don't, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I would not be surprised if Chadwick Boseman filmed his Black Panther death before he passed away to make sure this legacy would stick. Because the, what was the first thing Kevin Feige said when he was morning Chadwick? There will never be a CGI version of Chad. Not CGI in this. If you use the real Chaz, you don't have to. And I think that will be more powerful watching a man film his own death before he dies. And, and I still believe it's either going to be two barrels or three. One, I don't know how it's going to come turn out and everything's going to be a new point. B, uh, Nakia will be nominated to go on trials to be the new Black Panther, being that she's a fucking, uh, one of the fucking dark ops workers of the comedy that's out there. We're living on War Dog. Being that she's a War Dog, she knows about the ills of the world. Or three, now that we have the fucking multiverse and we're seeing it coming up in the next fucking what if, what if in Jadaka, Killmonger was yes. the hero on his world and T'Challa was the bad guy on his world and he got sucked through and came into this version's world and he becomes the new Black Panther fighting thing. Not because he wants to, because the Wakanda needs him because they're having civil war. Because they don't have nobody that's going to lead them against the war against, I don't know, Atlantis. All I know is that what if is everything I always wanted to be and it's turning out to be great. So we only got two episodes out of that. With that, they had the premiere in, in, at the Chinese theater, ironically enough, of Shang-Chi. Everybody's talking about this movie. And all they say is, I can't believe that it's that good. It's that, I mean, I don't know why it's, it's marked. So it, it's either going to be great or good. It's never going to be bad. But they say this thing is great because A, the actors. Because the fighting is off the chart. And, and it's something that we never seen before. Which Marvel, you know, or after phase one, you know, they were getting the fucking hit. And people were like, oh, we've seen that before. We've seen that before. Yeah, because it was fucking phase one. Follow the story. Now you've got a different character. I, and I hear that, uh, is how, I can't pronounce it. Simon Liu? Oh, uh, it's basically like Simon They said this guy is like top notch. He's, a, he's the hero that everybody needs to see. And, and, and big up to him because if I remember correctly, it's like a two years ago or something like that, uh, somebody was praising something. And he was like, yeah, um, so what about that Shang-Chi movie or whatever? Right, right. He, he stayed on it. And then all of a sudden, he, 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 got, he got himself cast and it's, uh, it was the, what I was doing, or however that name is, what I was doing, and look at me right, now, you see. He was doing a, a show, uh, a camera called Kim's Convenience. Oh, yeah, something like that. They say, look at that, and then they show him all like the they, they say for every Asian actor of a certain age applied for the role and they read for the role. And they said C.M.L. Lou read for the role in front of uh, Kevin Feige. And then before they said cut, he just cropped up and did that a backflip and did the black little pose. And they were like, hired this man. <laughs> he can do his own stuff. 
So good for him. And the fucking hard part was that was the Japanese American guy who did small films. I can't remember the director's name offhand, but he was a friend of all people. He was a friend of. Uh, oh my God, I forgot his name. The guy who directed Black Panther, Ryan Cooper. He was a friend of Ryan Cooper, and he said, "I can't do this movie." And Ryan Cooper says, "Why?" He says, "It's too big." You got Ryan Cooper told him you have to make this movie. If you don't make it, then you make for people like you. He says if you get the right people behind you and the right people around you, and you just stick to what you're good at, the movie will fucking make itself. And that's a really good word of advice because he took it and the movie is off the fucking truck. And what I'm hearing is fantastic. Then I'm hearing our buddy Trevor makes a cat. Trevor Slattery. So I'm glad to hear that. That's yeah. enough to make me want to see this movie. Long game. Long game. Long game. And the movie is loaded with, you know, act great actors like Aquafina and uh why I keep forgetting this woman's name. She's in every fucking Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. So I can't wait. The, uh, we don't have long to wait. So Shang-Chi. And, and, and to quote to another guy that's on our podcast, his name is Shang-Chi. Not Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi. It's Shang-Chi. Just because that's the way you read it don't mean that's the way it's pronounced. And if Asian people are saying his name is Shang-Chi, well, God damn it, his name is Sean Chi. And that's all I got to say about that. So, from Sean Chi, did you see the Eternals trailer? I haven't seen the latest one, but I've seen... See the latest one. I mean, that way I'll make this be quick and short. I won't even give away a lot of stuff. It's very well done. Uh, the director won the Academy Award for... Uh, what was that shit called? Uh, uh, fucking, uh, shit. I want to say Trail of Hearts. It's something. I can't remember the name. She won the Academy Award for something about people just traveling, or nomad man, traveling the world, uh, the United States. And then you look at this thing and it looks epic. The director was, uh, Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao from China. And, you know. This movie is epic, and I said the reason why I think this movie's hot, remember we were talking about that whole, you need that one person to steer the ship, and that one vision? Chloe Zhao heard about Kevin Feige wanting to make an attorney. That is all she heard. She did her research, she read her comics, she came in to read, to apply for the job as director. Kevin Feige goes, but we don't have a script yet. She says, good, because here's my script. She wrote her own script. Now, a person who does know nothing about these characters and this type of fucking genre, it makes me nervous. It really does. Like when people are like, oh, who are you playing? I'm playing this character, but I don't know what he does. And, you know, I'm not exactly a comic book guy. Right? As soon as you say that shit, I'm, I'm watching. I'm, I have to write you off until you prove yourself. But she proved herself to Kevin Feige, buddy, writing her own fucking treatment. Picked the character she wanted to do. Then she fucking says, I want to produce it. I want to direct it. I wrote it. And can I pick the fucking actors that I want in? So she's the one who changed, uh, sex swapped a lot of these characters to make it fit. And she filmed it with natural light. None of this stuff is in a studio. Everything you see is pretty much filmed there on location. Yeah, and it's also, and it's also like a combination of huge names and people you don't know. Uh, people who are mainly new from like TV, TV. but still good names and then newcomers. Newcomers. I mean, just to rattle off a few. Uh, Angelina Jolie, yep. Selma Hayek. Girl. Oh, she's very new. Uh, Kit Harrington. He was in some. He was in some some show. Fucking dragon movie. Now, here's a name that some people might not know, but in other circles you will. Come on, Nanjiani. Right. Comedian. He was also like podcasting and everything else. Now, this other guy, uh, the one who kids, uh, who's playing Gilgamesh, uh, oh, yeah. Sia. Now, I probably, I've seen him in a bunch of things. He's that guy you see yeah, in the background. That guy I've seen, and then the 
just to write off one other person who's I'm guessing you want to you want to call him an up and comer, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Right, he's in this as well. The guy who played uh, Miles Morales' dad. He's also played in Atlanta. Was he? Is he the same guy that was in Us? And then he was. Was he in Us? Was he that security uh, guard that we all saw? He was in uh, Spider-Man and Inter- Spider-Verse, and oh yeah, he was the comedic relief in Godzilla vs. Oh yeah, he was in that horrible fucking King Kong movie, that's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, when we get off of this podcast, I want you to watch this trailer and see how epic it is. And it tells a good question, like, one character has, if you were here the whole time during the Infinity Wars, with Thanos, why didn't you help us? And the answer is quick and simple. And I'm just gonna bring that up. I'll say, I, I Marvel has my my faith, and uh, so I won't question anything. No. Or, I mean, cause yeah, the, the, the whole question can come up. I'm like, well, if y'all are this all powerful, why didn't y'all step in? I said, well, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be answered. Gonna be answered. So I don't never have to answer right. that. So I don't have to answer. Because if this was DC, they would have never brought it up, ever, ever, ever. Did I mention ever? Uh, so that's the Eternals. Uh, we got like a start date coming soon for Deadpool three. And the script is looking good. Ryan Reynolds says it looks like they really made. Look, everything is falling, as they say, everything's coming up Millhouse. Everything's falling Ryan Reynolds' way. Yeah, let's see. Well, we're and the vision recording. We're about two weeks away from Shang-Chi. Right. That comes out in September. September 30th. But, but with Deadpool, one of the main sticking points, and a lot of people thought it was going to be the language and all that stuff. That is not the main sticking point. This sticking point literally cost itself to walk away. That sticking point was Ryan Reynolds did not want to work with or near his ex-wife. His ex-wife being Scarlett Johansson, who is now incommunicado in fucking Marvel Cinematic. And that's self-imposed. In my opinion, hear us out on this. When this movie was fucking finally greenlit to be done, we were not under a pandemic. The pandemic changed the rules for everything. And if you don't believe that shit, why are you working from home? If you're working or why aren't you working at all? This pandemic changed everything. So you expect me to tell this woman got paid $25 million to make this film as an actress. Then she got an undisclosed amount of money to be a producer, all right? So that's extra butter on that bread. Then she gets 3% of the box office gross. That box office gross entails how much money this movie finally makes in the box office, as well as now that there's this new thing called streaming, how much money, $30 a pop, that it takes motherfuckers to buy this shit on oh, fucking Disney access. So, that's 3% of the... And 25 with an M million dollars. That means that movie made more money than Thor The Dark World, Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2, and Guardians of the Goddamn Galaxy. This movie. So, when people are keep coming up with this sexism bullshit, where is it sexism? It stars a fucking woman, co-stars a fucking woman, guest stars a fucking woman, directed and produced by what? Fucking women. So where's the sexism at in this thing? Where she's being treated so bad. Okay, then I'm going to call him, what do you call sexism in the reverse? Robert Patton. That is the low ball. He is literally getting a Hollywood welfare check to play one of the most popular characters in fucking popular culture. She got paid fucking $25 million plus 3% of said gross plus a producer's credit. So I'm fucking tired of hearing this shit. And so is Disney. And I'm not 
Neither one of us, full disclosure, have any stock in none of these motherfuckers. But I believe in right and wrong. What she and her people are doing, in my opinion, is wrong. So what are you saying? You should have kept this movie and kept it in more theaters so people can get sick and die from this shit? Just so you can line your fucking pockets? I think Disney did the smart thing where everybody was going to take a hit. Yet, everybody's going to get a piece. So, I, I, I don't see this shit. I really don't. And now you got people like fucking... Uh, are all pissed off at Arnold Schwarzenegger because that motherfucker came out and started spitting the truth. And again, nobody wants nobody to tell the truth. And the sad part is, fans of Arnold is all up in his face, and bodybuilders and people who would sponsor his bodybuilding shows are canceling. And Arnold goes, guess what? And I love this answer. You bought the ticket already. I already got your money. Cancel all the fuck you want. I'm still Arnold goddamn fucking Schwarzenegger. And he says, and I still got your money. And he'll be back for more. And the thing is, it's like, everybody's talking, and, and they, they say, it's our freedom not to wear a mask, it's our freedom, 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 freedom. Uh, no offense, white people, y'all love talking about freedom, except when it comes to other people. And now, see, this is the thing. When it comes to affecting other people besides yourself, that ain't free. That is, um, I do believe there's a law that means that in place that you can't drink and drive because you might harm other people. Right. If you harm yourself, that's on you. But the whole bottom line is freedom must be accompanied. It must be accompanied by here's a key word: accountability. Because the freedom isn't fucking followed by accountability, society just fucking breaks down. It just breaks down. We're seeing it. We're living it. We see it right now. I go out of here, and I'll make sure I wear my mask. People still look at me like I was crazy, but hell, you know what? I've been wanting to wear a mask in public since I was a child, and now I get to do something. A mask gonna kill. No fucking thing. But it just fucking freaks me out that now that what is it called? The cancel culture? You know what? If you don't agree with anything that we say on this podcast, you have every right not to listen to me. And I'm not gonna fucking drive out. We ain't doing this for no fucking monetary value. We would be saying the same shit we're saying right now if the fucking thing wasn't being recorded. Yes? So, hands off to you, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's all I got to say. I wish it was a monetary Exactly. So y'all need to fucking step up. We might even do a fucking GoFundMe so we can start doing some videos. But, uh, we're going to close the show out with Suicide Squad 2. What you think? Uh, I like the Suicide Squad a lot better than the first one. Now, if you want to call it a sequel or a soft or whatever it is, they want to try to distance themselves from the first one, but yet, even in the movie itself, they're referencing the original. The original. Like the, the first one. But also at the same time, like I had saw, I had saw one quick review, uh, one review where they said the licensed music and stuff in there. It almost makes it feel like a music video. Well, I remember when the trailer for the first one came out. That's all it seemed like it was. A music motherfucker. A giant music video. David Ayer lost total control of that fucking. And uh, 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 okay, in that case, um, release the Ayer cut. But yeah, but um, as far as for like they, they went there. But if, uh, if you want to put it that way, as right. far as for because in comics, Suicide Squad was if you want to put it that way, like Guardians was just a ragtag group of thrown together. thrown together, and most of the time it was B C D Z list characters that nobody cared about. And again, it's if you take if you at least give a little bit of story that's cohesive that you can follow. That's a good thing. Now, if you don't be for for people like academics, the action, just action, action, right? Action, action for the sake of action. They had that, but then also at the same time they had a bit of a motive. They had a bit of story. So 